0: is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or co-worker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity, so let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm glad you're here We're going to have a big topic tonight, as usual, but this one is particularly big because it's about the fear that creates all-or-nothing thinking and the fear of being the recipient of all-or-nothing thinking. I'm going to talk about what all-or-nothing thinking really is and how it really can be damaging to your internal dialogue and to your relationship dialogue. So it's a very important topic, as I said, so if you're finding value from being here, I really invite you to support the show. Go to patreon.com slash save your patreon.com slash save and show your support and the value that you find from the show. And that keeps it going. It makes it much easier to pay all the expenses when other people help. So if you're finding value, I hope you'll find time to go over there and <clears throat> offer a couple of dollars to help out. So, <clears throat> the fear of all or nothing thinking, when you're in that situation, and you know, everything is a potential deal breaker because you're on edge all the time. And it, that's the way you roll. You're always looking at the downside potential, you're always seeing the downside potential. And it's a situation in which you're always asking yourself, how do I manage to stay safe? And we want to understand how to do that. So I want to talk about this black or white thinking or all or nothing thinking it's called. Um, and then define it, give you some examples of it, and then how it impacts a relationship. Then I want to help you grow from it so that you will know what to do when you face it and when you feel it. And that will help you enormously to get understand that there are ways out of some of these traps and black or white all or nothing thinking is a trap it truly is it's also called splitting and you might have heard that term often it's used when we're talking about certain kinds of personality disorders but splitting is an important thing to understand so i've i've found a really good definition of it which i'll share with you right now um And it says, splitting is a failure in thinking to bring together the dichotomy of both the positive and negative qualities in yourself and in others, and bring it into a realistic, cohesive whole. So it's here or there, but there's nothing in between. It's just the inability to see all of the shades of gray between the black and white in any situation. But if we've had trauma in our life, If we have been raised with any kind of uncertainty or neglect or emotional abuse or been raised in a hijackal household, we will have a certain amount of black or white thinking that we've been exposed to, this all-or-nothing thinking. So we tend to think in extremes it's either successful or it's a failure. It's not a learning experience. It's not an approximation. It's either success or failure. It's either good or it's bad. It's right or it's wrong. It's stay or leave, nothing in between. And you can see why it's called splitting because it's just going in two directions. that have nothing to do with each other. They're opposites of one another. And it's kind of a crazy making behavior. It's crazy making when you're engaged in it in your internal process. And it's crazy making for other people to hear because it all comes across as so cut and dried and so extreme. And you'll find they use language like always and never, right? Because the desire for the extremes means that it will get more important. And and that's really interesting essential to notice, really essential to notice, because it's actually a cognitive distortion. It's not true, is it? It's either this or that. There's nothing in between. There are all kinds of possibilities, and you may very well give other people some possibilities, but you may not give yourself possibilities. So you might be able to say to a friend, if you're not a hijackal, you might be able to say to a friend, well, oh, no, don't be so hard on yourself. There's all these gradations in between success and failure. You learned something. Maybe you didn't get all that you wanted, but you got some of you wanted. Maybe it wasn't as successful as you wanted it to be, but you learned a few things and you'll make it better next time. And you can say all of that to somebody else, but you might not be able to say it to yourself. So you can get caught in that loop in your internal dialogue and that would be a great place to get out of. Also, hijackles are always, very happy. And I use that term advisedly. They're always very happy to use black or white thinking, this all or nothing thinking, because they have a very hairline sense of what's going on. And they've been raised in homes often, most usually, where they have needed that kind of radar. So it's all or nothing. They love me or they hate me. There's no in-between. And so if they're not loving me, they must hate me. And that's where it gets really difficult. It's difficult to have that going on within you. And it's difficult when somebody is serving that up at you and to you and using it against you. Very important to notice, it's a kind of strange safety mechanism if you like that you know I if I think you love me everything is great but if I think for a moment that you don't love me then you must hate me and therefore I have to be preemptive I have to have the strike back at you before we get there and it all comes from this safety mechanism this defensive mechanism You know, there's a big difference. I write about it in my book, Kaizen for Couples. There's a big difference between defensiveness and defending yourself. Defending yourself means I'm willing to share with you what my thinking was. Defensiveness means I haven't even received a threat, I am perceiving a threat, and I'm going to jump in and ward it off before it ever comes my way. So we want to be very careful in learning these things and you'll learn those in my book Kaizen for Couples. And if you go to kaizenforcouples.com, it will take you off to Amazon to find those things, K-A-I-Z-E-N-F-O-R couples.com. So <clears throat> this strange kind of safety mechanism It's not accurate, but it feels accurate. It feels a way of staving off that sense of not feeling safe in the world. And of course, people do it. Anybody would do it if they thought that it would give them some control over their own safety, some control over their environment. So we can understand it. We can understand where it comes from. But in actual fact, in day-to-day reality and working it out and having relationships and having a relationship in our head with ourselves, it's not such a good tool. And we don't probably need it anymore. We might've needed it when we were younger, so we developed it. But it's really a good idea to understand that, okay, that's a tool I can pull out if I really need it, if I'm in the circumstance in which I learned it again, but I may not need to go through life as that being my primary tool. You know, many times we hear that phrase, if you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, if we have all or nothing thinking, we may be applying it everywhere and there's no need because we're actually safe in the relationships. And one of the things about black or white thinking is it's usually focused on downside potential. And that's a problem, right? Because you've been around people who are always focused on the downside potential of things. That gets very troubling. They're they're endeavoring to stave off downside potential by identifying it, expecting it, and then blaming you even for already being in the downside potential. Does that sound familiar? Because you've been in a relationship with a hijackal, that's exactly what they do. They are always involved in this, preemptively creating situations where they will be safe and they create that safety by uh, all or nothing thinking I'm going to get there before you. I will head you off at the pass. You will not have control over me. And it, it's, it's a natural thing. It's an organic, dynamic thing that we get from our upbringing. That doesn't mean that if we're in a relationship with a person who does it all the time that we have to like it or put up with it. But we can understand it and we can recognize it. And that's what I wanted to do in this episode tonight is to help you to understand it and to recognize it. Because the internal black or white thinking is problematic. You know, it kind of sounds like this. You call a friend, you've got a really good idea for something you'd like to do together. You call a friend and you leave a message. If you're a black or white thinker, this will happen, and the people don't respond or the person doesn't respond for a day or two. And what is your inner dialogue? Your inner dialogue might be "Mm, downside potential they don't care about me. They don't want to hear from me. Maybe they're angry at me. I don't have any friends. Well, you know, this is the way it always goes. People don't return my phone calls. I must be a social misfit. It's probably best for me to stay alone and never speak to that person again. (laughs) And there we have it, the unfolding of all or nothing thinking maybe that person isn't home, maybe that person's on vacation, maybe that person is studying for an exam, maybe that person is taking care of a relative, maybe that person is waiting to have a longer conversation with you than they can if they just call you for a second, so they're waiting till next week so they can enjoy a conversation with you, but you don't think about those things if you are a black or white thinker. You only think about the downside potential and how it affects you and you go to extremes because it's all about extremes it's just thinking in extremes all or nothing black or white success or failure always never right wrong good bad always in extremes and you're going to rush to one or the other but you spend no time in between and that's very important to make that clear to yourself so People who engage in all or nothing thinking, they tend to use language that's all superlatives like, that was the worst thing that ever could have happened. Well, think for a minute, there are probably worse things that could have happened. But that's how you you start to talk because it goes to the extremes or it was a complete disaster or I had a terrible day. Well, did you have a terrible day or did you have five minutes that were terrible and that you allowed them to affect the whole day, right? It's that kind of generalizing the extremes or I'm a failure. I am just a complete loser. No, there's probably 15 things you do really well. But right now you're in the extremes and you're thinking that, now you know, when it comes at you, it sounds completely different. You're a loser, sounds a whole lot different than when you're talking about yourself because it brings out a totally different reaction and response. So these become very important things to calibrate because when you are engaged in all or nothing thinking, there are no gray areas allowed. It's on or off, it's all or nothing. It's black or white, and when you're in that situation, you become hypersensitive to criticism, always on edge. You learned that probably when you were young, From the environment in which you are, you always have to be alert, you know. It's like you're sitting up like a meerkat all the time, wondering where's the next blow going to come from, where's the next accusation, where's the next anger. And so you become hypervigilant. But you also become hypersensitive and hypervigilant to criticism. Even if someone hasn't criticized you, you're expecting them to. You're already preempting it. You're already trying to get there before they get there. So of course, they're going to say you're a loser. They never said that, but you went there already in your head. And of course, when it's coming at you, they will say it. They will just say it straight out because they're looking for power over you. So you can see that when two people are in this situation, one who's having an internal dialogue, that they may be having difficulties. And then you have a hijacker who's going to tell you you are having difficulties. That kind of causes a, a vibration that sets up and makes the relationship even more difficult. And people who engage in black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking, they they tend to abandon people. And they abandon projects and they abandon relationships because it's all or nothing. I'm either in or I'm out. You don't fix things. You don't, that's too fearful. You don't, uh, endeavor to learn about the other person because, you know, you're concerned about yourself. And so things get really stuck there and black or white thinkers, all or nothing thinkers, they, they don't stick with things. You know, they don't they even find it difficult to stick with the diet plan, right? It's just difficult for them. And because as soon as they go off the diet, then it's all over, right? It's black or white thinking. Like, I'm going on this program, I'm going to be on it for six months, it's going to be absolutely wonderful. And at noon I eat the wrong thing. Oh well there it is. It's blowing. The whole diet is blowing. Uh, rather than, oh, I better correct my course at dinner because that was an error. Oh no, the diet's off. We'll have to start again next Monday. <laughs> right? That's the kind of thing that, that gets engaged in, in this all or nothing black or white thinking. So it's based on fear. It's based on all kinds of fears kind of piled up on one another. It could be the fear of being shamed. That's a big one for hijackles. They are so afraid of being shamed because they have been shamed. And so they will entertain this uh, all or nothing thinking as an antidote to warding off shame Or they come from a place where they're expected to be perfect. They were raised to be perfect, never good enough. So the fear of not being good enough becomes a big deal. Or the fear of being blamed for things. Maybe they had hijackal parents. Hijackals blame everybody for everything because heaven knows they don't have any flaws, right? So therefore, there's a fear of blame. So no, I didn't do that. You know, I did or I didn't do it. I couldn't have had a reason for doing it. You know, people who have been raised in that environment, it's always a big aha moment when I'm working with them um, when they realize that it isn't black or white. There are all shades of gray there. I could have messed up a little bit, but I wasn't a mess. I could have made a mistake, but it didn't blow the whole thing. You know, to be able to take that pressure off, it being all or nothing, is a really wonderful thing to do for yourself. But if you were trained to do that as a child, then you might need some help to do that. You know, and if you need help, you know I'm always around to help people. If you're a new client, you can take advantage of my new client one-hour session. Just go to beaclient.com. Be a client.com, and we can talk and go from there. So it's important to learn that you can unpack these things, these fears that have set that up, or to understand what's going on in the other human who is behaving in these all or nothing ways. So the fear of shame, the fear of blame, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of being wrong. And here's a big one if you were raised in that kind of home, you have a an innate, illogical fear of rejection. It's illogical because it doesn't really translate into your adult world, but it was so entrenched in your childhood world that you carried it over. And that fear of rejection is a big one because you would propose something to the parents. You would try to offer a reasonable suggestion or have something happen, and you would be shot down. You would be told, well, that's stupid. Or you know, if you're the golden child, no matter what you said was wonderful, but it was all or nothing. There were no gradations in the middle. So what happens when you have all these fears is that they trigger the fight and flight response within your body. Now, that's autonomic. That's going to happen when there's a perceived threat, when there's a perceived problem, when there's a perceived danger, whether or not it is a danger, it's perceived as a danger, it automatically triggers the fight or flight response. And when you've been living with hijackles for a while, that switch is pretty much on much of the time. So that creates chronic stress. When you have chronic stress, you can have anxiety or you can have depression. And these things will all marry together with the all or nothing thinking. Very, very difficult. So it's hard to relax when you're constantly cycling through extreme emotional responses unnecessarily. If you've got into that loop of all or nothing thinking, you are caught cycling through those extreme emotional responses, even though they're not required. They're not required in this relationship. And so this is something that you can look at personally. Now, if it's coming at you and you're observing someone in these situations, notice what's going on. It has nothing to do with you. This was all done prior to ever meeting you as an adult. These are things that were instilled in the person. Maybe they have hijackal tendencies. Maybe they are a full-blown hijackle. It doesn't matter because this is a way that they felt they needed to create a coping and defense mechanism in order to survive. So even though you are not their parents, you have not done to them what their parents perhaps did to them, they are still using that tool from their toolbox as a primary tool when it's not needed but because of the makeup of somebody who has hijackal tendencies, you can't tell them it's not needed because they are too far gone. They are not going to believe that. So then they will just make you wrong again. And heaven knows you've been made wrong enough if you've been in a relationship with a hijackal for a very long, right? You're kind of used to being blamed for everything, somebody finding fault with you for everything. And then you get these all-or-nothing responses so you know either they they love you like crazy, you look at them sideways and now you're the scum of the earth. There's nowhere in between for them to go. It's not like, "Oh, what's that about?" It's just immediately to the downside potential, very confusing, and it leaves you feeling never good enough, and that's perpetuated by the black or white thinking, so it's circular. And it is exhausting, absolutely exhausting, because how can you be on edge with that chronic stress, that chronic anxiety, maybe chronic depression? And then it keeps going around and around and happening over and over and over. And so it becomes an integral part of the relationship. And you are reactive to it, responsive to it, and troubled by it all at the same time. So if it's coming from within you because it was instilled from a parent, really good idea to see it clearly for what it is. And no, you don't need to be operating from that all the time, you really don't. But if you are with a all, they are going to be operating with, with that all of the time because they can't for a moment let anybody else have an edge even if you don't want an edge, they honestly believe that everybody is trying to have power over them. So they are definitely going to have power over you. They're going to see to it that they're in control and they have power over you. So how do you change this? Well, there are several things to look at. I just want to tell you though, as we're thinking about that, that if you want more information about hijackles, or you want to get some really good graphics that you can share in the groups that you belong to about narcissism or relationships or whatever, uh, I invite you to go to my Facebook page, facebook.com hijackles And remember you spell hijackle hijack, A-L-S. So go to facebook.com slash hijackals and you can get all kinds of notifications there, but you'll also get a lot of graphics that'll help you understand what's going on and you can share. And if you want to be part of my Facebook group, it's called Optimize Life After Emotional Abuse, you'll find that at facebook.com slash groups slash hijackals facebook.com slash groups slash So let's look at some of the ways that you can uh, change this black or white thinking, this all or nothing thinking within yourself. When something happens, start to work on it and say, I'm going for the downside potential, but I'm going to make a change here. I am going to generate all the possibilities I can without limitation. So my partner doesn't come home for dinner. Oh my goodness, something awful must have happened to them. Oh, and that would be black or white thinking. How about all the possibilities? The car broke down, they were detained at work, they stopped to congratulate someone and have a conversation. They decided to surprise you and go and get something lovely to eat before they come home. I mean, you could generate all kinds of possibilities. And as you do that, you could actually feel your stress abate. You could actually feel your shoulders come down from your earlobes as you generate all the possibilities, positive and negative and in between. And that will help you a lot to start developing a pattern that sees everything, from the black through all the shades of gray to the white, all the possibilities. So the number one thing to do when you're looking at your own all or nothing thinking is to catch yourself and say, no, I'm going to generate all the possibilities, not just the dire ones. <laughs> and, and focus on that. The second thing that you can do is you can focus on your own strengths. You know, think about, well, I can cope with this. I've coped with this before. This has happened and, you know, nothing terrible happened. I didn't die. I can manage this and focus on your strengths. I do these things really well. Yeah, maybe I could use a little shoring up in this thing, but generally I do things quite well, or I'm learning to deal with things in new and positive ways. So let me think, how can I deal with this in a positive way? So you start changing the way that you talk to yourself in your head, and you start generating possibilities that maybe expand your thinking in a way that can become habitual, that instead of jumping to the two extremes, you can fill in all the pieces in the middle. Another way that you can change that is you can understand that there are going to be setbacks, there's going to be turnarounds, there's going to be disappointments in life, and it doesn't mean the end of the world. It may feel like that because that's how it felt when you were young, but it isn't like that when you're an adult. Obviously it isn't like that because you know, you're still here. So nothing wiped you off the face of the planet yet, even though at moments you might've thought it was going to. So just expect that things are going to go sideways occasionally. People are going to be disappointing. Expectations are not going to be met. Things are going to go in a direction that you couldn't have anticipated. And just know that's part of life. That has nothing to do with you. (laughs) It's just the way the ebb and flow of relationships and events and everything uh, coming together. And so you don't have to think, there it is. You know, everything terrible happens to me. (laughs) That's all or nothing thinking. No, everything terrible doesn't happen to you. Everything that happens to you is not terrible. You know, take it apart. Think about it in those ways. The flip side of that is to look for the positives. What did work? What happened well? What Was it momentary? And I'm making it into an all-day event. You know, look for the positives. How many of us have had a really bad day that was really bad every second of the day? Maybe now and again we have, but generally it's a bad few moments or a bad hour or, you know, the time you spent in the dentist chair or something. But it's not everything. And that becomes really important to notice. So focus on the positives. And then the last one is to use empathy to see other people's situations rather than focusing on your own reaction. You know, when you when you look to see what would it be like to put on someone else's boots for a moment and see it from their side, it gets you out of yourself and it will help you to refrain from the all or nothing thinking about yourself. So these are important pieces for us to recognize. This all or nothing, black or white thinking um, doesn't serve us well. It doesn't serve anybody well. And it doesn't serve us well when it's coming at us either. And hijackers are prone to use it very, very frequently. So being able to identify it and be able to turn that around. You can say, you know, when a hijackle says you're always like that, you can just genuinely say, not always. You know, I have, I have moments, but most of the moments are not like this. Learn to be able to... Just a few situations like that when all or nothing thinking is coming at you. And if you notice that when something isn't going right in the relationship, in your head, you immediately go to, are we going to, are we going to break up? That's an, an all or nothing thinking response. No, focus on the positives. What could we do to fix this? Yes, there's a momentary breakdown. What could we do to fix it? Now, if you're with a hijackal, they are not interested because they're not going to take responsibility or accountability for anything that they do. It's all going to be blame shifted back on you. And if you haven't listened to the episode on blame shifting, I highly recommend it because then you will understand completely that mechanism, which is a very sad one, but you may face it frequently in a relationship with a hijackal. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope that you can see that uh, if you're kind of uh, s- new to this concept and you want to talk about it or you want to talk about how it plays out in your relationship, as I said, you can find me at beaclient.com and we can talk. And there's so much for you at my website for relationship help. So go there for sure. Read the blog. Um, Look at the videos, do all of that, and then come on over to YouTube, youtube.com slash forrelationshiphelp. There's over 550 videos there for you. You may find something that will answer a question or give you a strategy or an insight that could help you. So I'm so glad that you joined me today. And until we meet again, take very good care of yourself because you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash